The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We've been uh, tonight looking at the way Jesus starts it off, and he kind of starts it off uh, talking to us as individuals, right? Um, we'll go through that tonight. Next week we can look at what Jesus has to say about um, maybe the community around us, Third week, we'll talk a little bit about what he has to say about the world in general. Maybe that parts of the world that we don't know. Um, so as we were trying to plan this and trying to figure out what to call the series, uh, the best we came up with was uh, uh, what did Jesus have to say about dot dot dot, and then or what would Jesus say? Um, this is kind of graphic, right? He's calling to tell you something about yourself, or the community you're in the world. Uh, church suggested we call it "Say What." Um, I decided against that one. <laughs> But uh, we're going to look tonight at, at the Sermon on the Mount and focus a little bit on the beginning and just kind of and dive into what Jesus has to say about us uh, as individuals um, and what he's saying to you in a sense. So I'm excited. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to give you a chance to get to know me a little bit. So like I said, my name is Chris, and I'm on staff here at the end. I'm currently the mission supporter for a year. I've been on staff for three years. I was born in Spokane, Washington. And we spoke next. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Best place to live in Washington. Um, <laughs> I grew up there, went to high school at New High School. Came to UW in 2006, uh, where I went to school here for four years. I uh, had some great friends. One left I grew up with, that's, he's met half of it for Halloween. Uh, not bad. He, he wanted to go ball all the way, but he's too shaky to do it. And I'm the, I'm the 70s guy, and then old guy on the right. Um, college, was, college was fun, it was a good time. I uh, met some good people, and I came to the end all four years, so um, it's, kind of, it's kind of cool to be here after the fact and to, to stay connected. Um, big part of college, I met a girl, her name is Catherine. This is us at uh, an 80s party, taking bowling. I don't know if we dress like that. Uh, but we, we met in college, we met here at the end, actually, and after graduation, we actually got married. Uh, so this is us on our wedding day. And we've been married almost two years now, right? No, but I can't do it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it means it's perfect, right? It's sort of uh, and so since graduation, I've been working here at the end. I was an intern. Uh, and then last year, I was a leadership coordinator. And this year, I'm the missions coordinator. So I've kind of had three different jobs in the same place. And uh, part of my job is going on mission trips and hanging out. This is me looking super professional down my dress this last spring break. You'll notice I got the, the stride lines, the Seattle skyline, swim trunks, button up with the, uh, the flip up shades. Those actually have safety lenses on the inside. So I'm like, oh, you're good to go no matter what. <laughs> That's me a little bit. We'll get more into my story later, but uh, just to give you a chance to get to know me. So, like I said, tonight uh, we're going to look at this text that's around the mouth. We're going to do it uh, focusing on what Jesus has to say about our individuals. Uh, we're going to do it a little different, maybe than, than you, if you've been in the game before, maybe in general church. Uh, we want to do this, this series a little bit more conversational than usual. Uh, what I mean is that we're going to, I'm going to talk a little bit, but then I want uh, all of you to have a chance to digest some of what I'm saying in the moment. I mean, I feel like usually you go to church, someone talks about 20 minutes, and then you're supposed to remember all of it. We thought maybe give you a chance to uh, chew on a little bit in a moment. We're gonna we're gonna give you some questions in the middle of the talk. We're gonna give you some time to reflect on those questions. Um, 
If you're someone who's more introverted, that's great. I'm not asking you to step outside your comfort zone. If you want to ask these questions, you would rather reflect individually. That's fantastic. We actually have pen and paper for you in the back if you want to write it down and do your stuff. If you're someone who's more extroverted and loves to just talk it out with someone around you, uh, that's also great. And when I do these questions, I encourage you to find one person around you uh, who you can share this stuff with. I would encourage you to just pick one. You probably have like three minutes. So it's awkward when you're in a group of like three or four and one person is going to be right? So, pick that one person around you and digest it. Okay? So, you'll know when I have those questions because I'll tell you, hey, here's my first question. So, um, before we get into that, though, I think it's appropriate just to pray really quick. And, uh, when you pray. Yeah, thank you for tonight. Thanks for bringing everyone here. And uh, we ask that you be just here, that uh, in some ways we could focus on you, we could leave the distractions. So be with us tonight. Alright, so tonight's text, Matthew 5. Uh, we're going to read through 1 through 16. Uh, I've got it projected up here if you want to read along. We're going to start with verses 1 through 10. This is, uh, this is the Beatitudes, if you've never read this before. It's pretty famous. Um, there's a lot of songs about it. Uh, but let's read through this and uh, we'll get into it. So starting verse 1. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will care for earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the fear and heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for they are the victims of God. Okay, so the first thing to notice about this text is the pattern that Jesus is using. So notice that he starts off by saying, Blessed are, and he lists the condition, right? And maybe you could argue that some of those conditions are better or worse than others, uh, but to be honest, that doesn't really matter. It's kind of relevant to what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, the other thing to notice is that each line ends with a cross. So he says, um, Blessed are the born spirit for theirs for theirs the kingdom of heaven is promised. Or blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Right? It's a promise and it offers hope in the midst of a situation that seems very hopeful. Um, so there's two things that uh, I want to be kind of clear on before we get too far into this. That. First thing is this this is not a list of things that you need to do in order to be blessed. Um, a lot of times I know I did this, but reading this, you kind of go, okay, so I need to be more born spirit, I need to be more mournful, I need to be weaker, I need to be all these things, right? And you're like, oh man, I'm just I'm having a hard time being more mournful. Actually, day, I'm not going to be It's not what's going on here. It's not you just sitting on the outside going, all right, everybody, gather around, here's what you got to do to get to heaven, all right, you got to do this, you got to do that. Um, that's not what this is. Uh, the reality is that this, this list is full of conditions that, uh, or attributes that, not really highly valued uh, in Jesus' culture and, and really aren't highly valued today either. Um, who, who says, I want to be more weak. I want to stand up for myself less. I want to be less spirited and less assertive. Uh, it's not really what anybody's going for. Um, in fact, most of these conditions would, would have been totally looked down on uh, then and today. Uh, but by calling these conditions less, uh, Jesus is effectively turning that culture upside down, right? 
he's, uh, he's bringing hope to those who would have been considered hopeless. Um, so that's the first thing to know. The other thing to know about this is that uh, I think in order to understand what Jesus is doing here, you have to the whole, right? It's easy to focus in on one and go, what does that mean? You can do that, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm thinking, as I read this, it's important to consider it as a whole in order to understand what he's getting at here. So let's do that. Um, Notice in verse 3, okay. So, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there's the kingdom of heaven, right? And then he kind of goes through this list, those who mourn, uh, the meek, hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? Uh, on down to verse 10, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for there's the kingdom of heaven, right? So, from poor in spirit to those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Uh, to me, this, this seems kind of expected. I'm not doing it, church. Like, it is illegal. I'm not trying to 
<laughs> so of course you missed the exit. So whatever reason, the double white line goes past it. Uh, so not only does he make money, then he decides to tweet this. No, <laughs> 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 just on Twitter, Chris is, and I'm going to follow right? So I don't know about you, I know what end of the spectrum you find yourself feeling closer to, but uh, according to Jesus, my reading says there's actually not much of a difference between the foreign spirit and the righteous. Um, you see in the text that both of these conditions receive a blessing. Blessed are and notice he says both receive the kingdom of heaven. I think, I, I don't know if Jesus meant to do this or if this is just kind of something that happened when I got translated to English. But you'll notice the first condition, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The last condition, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, because, or because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He kind of hems this list in with this promise of theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I see him as doing this intentionally to say, hey, wherever you are on the spectrum, yours is the kingdom of heaven. I imagine that as he's saying this, right, he's up on a mountainside, he's looking people in the face, and he's saying this to them. I imagine the reaction was pretty similar to what he did. You know, someone's sitting there going, wait, you mean that the guy who murdered his wife and kid gets the same blessing and promise as Mother Teresa? It doesn't seem fair. But the answer is yes, they both provide and they both bless. And while maybe none of us fit the extremes uh, of that spectrum, uh, they're, they're the ends of the spectrum, right? And all of us fall somewhere in between them. And that means that the promise and the blessing is for us, too. And that's the first thing I think Jesus has to say about you in this next step. That no matter who you are, you are blessed and you're invited. And that's the first question that I want you to reflect on. Here it is. How do you experience Jesus' blessing in your own life? Or if you're having a hard time with that, what, what makes it hard for you to experience that blessing? You need to pass out some pen and paper. Uh, I'll call it back. How do you feel like you're experiencing this blessing? Or how do you feel like you're not? How do you feel like it's hard to feel blessed? I think I'm going to
It says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of Jesus. This is Jesus. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Rejoice and be glad, and be great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Uh, so as you can see, this, this verse follows the same pattern as before the, the blessing of the promise. And again, this is, this is not Jesus saying that in order to be blessed, we need to go out and make enemies so that they will persecute us. Um, I would say. Uh, instead, I think this is Jesus offering us something in the midst of that situation that we find ourselves in. Um, I'll admit, it seems, it seems weird for Jesus to tell us that we are blessed and that we should rejoice when we are persecuted because of him. Uh, the question that comes to my mind, are we supposed to enjoy being you know, marginalized and made fun because of our faith? No. Um, in fact, I, it, I don't think that's supposed to be good at all. I, uh, I remember when I was in college, my sophomore year, uh, my friends that you saw and I, we, were, we got really into the party <coughs> and drank a lot. <laughs> uh, and it was just kind of a difficult college experience. My sophomore year, I, I seriously think like every week of all quarter we had a party at our house on Friday night. And every week, the next day, I would do that until like five. Um, it was, it was, you know, some of it was fun in the moment, and some of it really wasn't. Looking back, I have to say it was totally But there was a point at which it just got old, and I was tired of waking up and feeling like crap the whole day. Uh, it got really expensive to do it, and just all these things about it. Not to mention that I think that it was around that time that I started to really try to take my faith seriously. And I, I explained why I've been coming in for a long time. Ordered, and I was really, I was bad in it, and there was just something happening where I was going, I don't think that this is really what it's about. Uh, so, over the course of time, I, I kind of got to this point of going, alright, it's not that I'm not against drinking, I, it's fine, great, go for it, you know, it's 21. Uh, but I think there's a point in which I, I, I just, I knew that the drunkenness piece was not okay, and that's not what I wanted to do. And so I decided to stop doing that. And I, I stayed friends with the same people, they are still my best friend. So uh, they continued doing that kind of thing, and I continued hanging out with them, but I stopped engaging in that way. And at first they were kind of like, oh, okay, whatever, like, yeah, let's go back around, like, give some time. But after like a year of me really just kind of being like, no, oh, I'm good, uh, it started to really, I think, wear on our relationship a little bit. Uh, I would show up, you know, they'd be playing beer pong or whatever, and they'd be like, hey, come on.
So why does he say that? Why are we to rejoice in this persecution? How are we blessed in this? I think that question, that question comes from a misunderstanding of how the blessing we just talking about. A lot of people, the word blessing is associated with certain things. Um, if I have what I want, then I must be blessed. If I don't have what I want, then I must not be. <coughs> Simple line of thinking. I think what Jesus is saying here is, is that our blessedness actually has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with our circumstances. We're not blessed because we're happy. We're not blessed because we had a good day. We're blessed because no matter what our situation, no one can take away the fact that Jesus is with us and he's going to take care of us. Right? And I know that sounds like another Christian feel good, like, hey, go get him, Jesus is with you, it's going to be okay, oh my God, all that. But I really believe that it offers you something real uh, right now to consider. Uh, the ability to trust that we are blessed, truly blessed, whether we're having a good day or a bad day. Uh, whether our best friends support our decisions to stop drinking as much or not. Uh, it frees us. It frees you to just be you. It frees you from letting the day determine your work. What grade are you going to test? Oh, you're not, you're not, you don't have a lot of work for that time. How much do you make in your job? You work a lot, huh? It's not, it's not what's about. Frees you to experience life as life is meant to be experienced. And that's, I think, the second thing Jesus is saying about you tonight in this text is that you are free. And I want you guys to kind of think about that. My second question for you to ponder is have you experienced the kind of freedom that Jesus is offering in this text? And if not, what, what parts of your life do you want that freedom? Where do you feel like you want it? To be you, but you don't have to. Take some time to think Thank you.
and, it, and like every six inches is my little spiraling thing, and I have to get the paint on all of it. <laughs> and I'm kind of sitting there the first day, and I'm like, all right, so you know, get this done in like a week, week or two. And after the first week, I probably got about that far. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is going on? Why am I halfway across the world in one of the most politically active places, stripping the paint off the handrail <laughs> with a torch in the desert? Uh, not what I thought was going to be happening, to be honest with that. Um, and for a while, I, I really struggled with kind of this idea of like, what am I doing here? Why the heck am I stripping me out here, right? Um, and it took a long time for me to come around on that, to understand that um, my purpose in that moment didn't really have any necessary big tangible uh, sign. I wasn't going to do a big deal. I wasn't going to build a building. I wasn't going to stop the war. Um, I was going to repay anger. Um, but actually, I came to understand the purpose was a lot bigger than that. Uh, when I left, the, the gratitude these people showed us for having come all that way just to do this for them, uh, it really showed me that it meant a lot to them to know that there was someone in Seattle, Washington, who cared enough to make a trip over there to strip down the um, I mean, we're talking about some of the most currently marginalized people in the world, uh, Palestinian people, um, and not both sides are dealing with some tough stuff. Um, but these people, they don't really have a lot of people sitting around uh, trying to trying to get to know them. Uh, and they really they really appreciated that I would come and do that for that. Um, so I know it can be difficult to find your purpose in the moment, but I promise you it's there. Uh, you just have to be willing to look for it. And I and I'm, I want to acknowledge too that it can be hard to even uh, not just know your purpose, but even so that you want that purpose, right? I mean, life has a way of really weighing it down. Makes it hard sometimes to really dream and believe that there's something bigger out there. And uh, maybe you're here tonight and you're just angry, or you're frustrated, or you're apathetic. And you're thinking, I don't even care, I don't want to be here together. Um, maybe, you know, that's direct at someone or something, or maybe it's just in general. Uh, I just want to say that's okay. Uh, it's okay not at all get it. You don't want to get it. You don't need to be one of those people who's always going around saying, yeah, this is good. Wherever you are, uh, I think it's important before you understand your purpose to understand the first two truths that we talked about tonight. And that's that you're blessed, invited, and that you're free. Um, and once you're able to accept those, I think it'll be a lot easier for you to, to believe that you have a purpose. So, if you find yourself in a place where you're that, I'd love to talk to you. But uh, here's a third question that I want you to think of. It's just this What's your purpose this summer? Um, summertime can be really easy to just kind of coast. And some of you might be excited to be here in Seattle. Some of you might be really loved. You might be away from your friends, you might be with them. You might work a job you love, you might be working a job you hate. Uh, whatever your circumstances, you have a purpose. But what is it? How can you be the salt and the light in a place that you already are the sun? Take care.
this summer or whatever, uh, I encourage you to, to hold each other accountable. If you were talking with someone, tell that person to ask you about it next time they see you. If you were writing it down, put it somewhere you're going to remember it. If there was anything that happened that to you, don't, let, don't forget. This is my encouragement to you. Um, again, thank you for coming out. Let me pray real quick. God, again, thank you for this place. Thank you for tonight. Uh, thank you for summer. And God, we ask that it would be nice. Um, we, uh, we just want to say that we appreciate uh, your words. Uh, thank you for the fact that you do not bless us uh, beyond belief. And that uh, you invited us, God. You invited even us to, to your kingdom and into your presence. And uh, I don't think we really understand how big it is that it is. Thank you for the freedom that you offer us. Thank you for the ways that you pray for every person in this room. They would begin to understand uh, what that means and how to experience that freedom in your life. Um, thank you, dear God. Pray for our sense of purpose as a group and as individuals, God, that um, help us to be the salt, help us to be the light. Uh, thank you for the fact that you, you've given us words that we all believe. Uh, Help us to walk with you as we understand that. In the name of Amen. Amen.